Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode and I'm going to go ahead and dive into this topic about my barn and I've really, I honestly have tried to start talking about this and every time I go to try to start, you know, an episode on what's gone on with this barn on my property, um, I immediately shut down and I get overwhelmed and um, yeah, it's just been difficult for me to dive into and I mean, I'm sort of like, get over yourself already, it's just a stupid barn, you know, push the button and start talking about it. So I'm guessing that this is probably going to be a little bit of a run-on. Um, my thoughts are going to go a little bit all over the place because in essence, that's what this nemesis of a barn structure on my property has represented for me. <laughs> I mean, it's just been, I mean, I'm sitting here staring at it right now and it's, overwhelming because the roof has caved in on it now and um, it's going into spring and we've had tons of rainy weather which we always do with the snow melting and then we get rain of course and it's just the paddocks back there the pasture where the horses are is just a giant mudslide and yeah so <clears throat> as much as I've gotten kind of the uh, front side of the property looking better and I can maintain that. I mean, obviously there's way more that I would like to do with, you know, the front side. The back side of my property has just been kind of a nightmare. Um, now the hay meadow is nice, okay? That's, that's pretty nice out there. So it's just this sort of in-between strip behind the house where the horses are most of the time and where this barn is. So a little bit of a history about um, this barn. First of all, it's not the first barn that was on my property here. The first barn that was here was actually gorgeous. It was a three-story barn, all painted white, it was attached to the farmhouse. It was three stories with the um, gabled roof that sloped down. And the people who used to live here, the daughter of the farmer that, you know, lived here, she came by one day and gave me a, a CD or DVD, I guess, that had these pictures taken from, um, I guess it was like, I don't know. It was a while back, um, in the 1940s or 50s, maybe the 1960s. <laughs> I don't know. They looked old. They had like the old um, frame around them, and it was beautiful. It was known as the Storybook Farm around here, and the Hansons owned it before the Pattons, and I think it was the Hansons that did more of the upgrades on this house, like put the little gingerbread front porch on and built the really big, beautiful barn. Now, the Patton, um, Ed Patton, bought the farm after um, the Hansons, and um, they actually, he did a, a lot with this property too. 
but there was a fire. Um, some hay was stored. Um, I think it was in the early 1980s. Uh, some hay was put up wet and it ignited and the big beautiful white barn was burned. And fortunately, most of the house was saved. So, um, it's kind of interesting. I'll still find, as we're doing fix-ups on this house, I'll find boards that have names and dates written, scribbled on the back of the board. Um, and usually it's the Hansons that, you know, scribbled their names on there. And so that's pretty cool to find. And you'll also find charred um, places where there was the fire. Um, so I'm really so happy that this beautiful little farmhouse was saved. And after the barn came down, um, Ed Patton got into cattle and he built a big cow barn, which is the barn that I have now. So let's talk about the pros. The pros of this are that it's a really um, nice structure. It was built really well and it is pretty massive. It's um, all open for the most part. There's a few partitions at the front. It's um, got cement flooring through most of it. There's a milk room that's built off to one side. Um, and there was a pit in the milk room where they would step down into the pit to milk the cow. And um, that pit has been filled in. It's filled in pretty lumpy. It's not even, so it's difficult to kind of walk through there. It's just this dirt floor with some cement, but it does have some windows. They're old, um, you know, just single pane windows in there. And then it's cinder block on the outside of that. Um, there's a giant grain elevator that's sitting there that the kids have climbed to the top of. <laughs> um, usually they don't tell me when they do that, um, <clears throat> which would be kind of cool if I do keep that to kind of build a little um, thing uh, around the top of it that you could go up there and stand or sit down and and look through and it's, it's pretty high up there. Um, and then on the back side, there was um, sort of a lean-to extension that went along the whole backside, and that was done in metal, as opposed to the board and batten that is done all around the other three sides. It is very tall. It's not like the three-story barn, but it's tall enough, the doors and everything, that these big, huge hay trucks can come in and back right in and drop hay off. So that's really, you know, convenient to have. It was definitely used for all of that and built for that. Now there are sections where the cement ends and it's just dirt again. Now, I don't know if there's cement under that buried really deep or if that's just dirt. Um, I'm thinking that at least on the two sort of um, ditch sides, there's like a canal that was built in. Um, I think that that probably has cement buried underneath. Um, 
And yeah, that was all just manure that was in there, but it's all composted now. And so, you know, it doesn't stink. It's actually really, really good composting now. Um, so it's that sort of lean-to section that's not an addition because it was built when the barn was built. So it's all open. It's not like there's a wall along there and then an extension was built out. That's, that's not what it was. It was, you know, all open and part of the original structure when it was built, I'm guessing, you know, sometime in the 1980s. Um, and that is the portion that caved in this winter. The snow was very wet and heavy, and it's just nigh on impossible to get back around to that backside. Um, there is a cement pad that's on the outside of the barn back there that goes into what was a manure pit. And the manure pit is okay. It's got a chain link fence around it, but it gets, it's just, it's hard to maintain. And it was never really cleaned up when we moved here. And, you know, I didn't move here with a whole bunch of big equipment because we didn't have, it wasn't our intention to have a big farm farm going here. It was more just like a little family hobby farm with a few animals for the kids and maybe a few chickens to have some eggs and maybe some raised gardens to, you know, grow a few vegetables. But it was not meant to be a functioning, you know, big farm with cattle and all that kind of stuff. And really it's not big enough. There's just not enough area for, for that. Um, and to be able to maintain the hay meadow the way it needs to be maintained. And yeah, we just have, you know, some ponies out here. Right now I have three. So um, since I've had this property, um, <laughs> the whole thing needs to be painted. And on the inside of the barn, it was never really cleaned. And so it's almost like the manure that got stuck on the wood and all that kind of stuff. I've tried to power wash it. And it's almost as if it's been petrified into the wood. It's that bad. I've tried, you know, scraping and all sorts of stuff. And um, that's where it just gets to be overwhelming. In addition to that, that this barn just ended up being a dumping ground. Um, there's one whole, there's like three different bays and along one whole bay, <clears throat> excuse me, that goes into where the milk room was, has, that just was used to pile junk. Um, so that got really overwhelming too. And so there was enough room that I could get hay stored for either hay that's coming off of our field, which the first few years that we were here, we did have people hay our meadow up there. Um, and in the last couple of years, there's been a weed that has taken over the hay meadow. Um, I really just have to keep it mowed and I've gone up there with a bush hog on the tractor and mowed it myself for the last uh, couple of summers. And I'm just trying to keep it under control. <laughs> and it's huge. I mean, now my son is old enough that he can go up and do some of that mowing. And honestly, I don't mind doing the mowing. 
Um, but it's just a lot and it's a lot to keep up with. So, um, anyway, and it's good. It's really good to get out there. It feels great to be out there mowing and, um, feeling like I can mow. It's kind of an empowering feeling to have your own tractor and running this big, huge bush hog thing. Um, and not getting it stuck, which I have gotten it stuck before. And you have to use the bucket to get yourself unstuck, which is a little weird and a little scary kind of. <laughs> but knowing how to do that is pretty freaking empowering, um, especially as a woman. So I am like, I need to have women come out on my farm and spend time with the horses, not even necessarily riding them, but just spending time with them and learning how to drive a tractor and yeah it's it's very empowering but getting back to just the aesthetics of things and what needs to be done just in maintenance is mind-blowing it's mind-blowing how much has to be done and when you don't have a lot of money coming in especially going through a divorce um as I went through a divorce, the farm was basically going into foreclosure. Um, it hadn't officially been foreclosed on, but uh, my ex-husband, um, unbeknownst to me, had stopped paying the, the mortgage payment. And so when I discovered that, that's when I was like, no, I'd already been through bankruptcy and foreclosure with him a time before, and I wasn't gonna do it again. So that's when I finally just said, no, no more. So um, I got through that. I managed to save the farm. And so, but now it's mine <clears throat> and it's all in my lap. And obviously I'm responsible for um, this investment. And that's the way I look at it. It's a lifestyle um, property investment. And um, so that's, more or less the way that I've had to restructure my attitude about it in the beginning. And I talked about this in another episode of just, you know, what our dreams are and how we have to reimagine our dreams because sometimes they represent something that is no longer a reality. And that's what this farm was for me. It represented something that was no longer my reality and I had to go about reimagining it in a way that spoke to me personally and what I could do with it. So I've rambled on for enough of this episode. Believe me, this is not the end of it. There's still a whole bunch more. So please join me in the next episode as the barn saga continues to unfold. that's a wrap. Listen, to explore more on how to reinvent your lifestyle and also what I'm doing on my main farm, plus some creative cool topics on adding travel and entrepreneurship to your mix, jump on over and join me at devhays.com. That's D-E-B-B-2-B-H-A-Y-E-S.com. Introduce yourselves. I'd love to meet you. Until next time, thanks for joining me. Love ya and love your lifestyle.